Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition, a live edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard. Along with me today at the Mill, the South Tampa location, is the one and only Scott Reynolds. Scott, how you doing out here? I'm doing great. We got Scotty Miller in the house. We do. Bucks Super Bowl champion. Yes. Fastest guy in the team. Fastest Sorry, guy in Sean the league, Bunting. right? Yeah. I think I, faster than Tyreek Hill. That's right. Absolutely. It is. Rumor has it. And, and here's the thing. We're coming to you live from the mill. This is in South Tampa, 2500 uh, West Azeal Street. And I'll tell you what, when you look at the food, the atmosphere, this is the place to be. And you can check out the mill. 2500 West Azeal Street, Tampa, Florida. Check them out online, themillrestaurants.com. Tuesdays through Friday. You can see the hours 4 to 9, Saturdays and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 9. And then the best brunch in Tampa. That's what they like to tell us here at the Mill, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we are now joined by Ted Dorsey, yeah, executive thank you. chef thank you here. Thank you for having me. So what, what, what type of, of food, what type of atmosphere can, can Buck fans or, or any patron from the Tampa Bay area enjoy here at the Mill? What are your specialties? Um, our food is uh, it's really kind of uh, my classical French training with my southern uh, from the south roots. Uh, if you will, um, our decor, um, we, we, we let our artist Ishvan Torah kind of really run wild with this location after he did such an amazing job in our flagship in downtown St. Petersburg. Um, and he really transformed this space into, you know, a, a, like a living work of art. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> really art is. everywhere. I mean, even in, like down to the bathroom, I know, you don't see I know. anywhere else. Um, so it's a very unique space. Um, it's a lot of fun. It is. Um, we enjoyed some of the most amazing fried green tomatoes. Oh, those things are killer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really are. And I'm enjoying one of your old fashions. These are five dollars for happy. I'm, I'm about ready for one. I don't yeah. realize they were that cheap. <laughs> five dollar old two. fashions. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm all about it. So um, you also have another location, not just here in South Tampa, but also across the bridge as well. We do. That location is 200 Central Avenue. Um, that store, we've been there for seven years, um, coming up on in July. And this store, we're about to uh, be three years. So we're very fortunate. And we're just trying to survive the last year and a half. And, yeah. And the turmoil that we've all been through and, and you know, come out on the other side and, you know, you know winners like the box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Ted, we appreciate you having us out here for our exclusive partner event. The oh, Report exclusive partner event. This is a great place, not just to come for, for date night or for that Sunday brunch, but also if your business is looking to host an event, you've got a great outdoor patio where we our do. guests are enjoying right now. And it's fantastic weather down here in South Tampa. So you want to make sure to check out the mill down here at 2500 West Azeal Street. Ted, we appreciate you coming by. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Awesome stuff from the mill. It's been great being down here. And it's great, Scott, to be joined by another Scott. Scott E. Scotty Miller, Bucks wide receiver and Super Bowl champion. Scotty, uh, rumor has it that you recently got married. What a whirlwind of a year for you, man. Yeah, it's uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. But uh, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been uh, it's been a great year to say the least. I got married uh, twice to the same woman, <laughs> uh, and then obviously Super Bowl champs. So it's yeah. been a it's been a great year. It's been a fun year. Absolutely. I mean, we have so much that we could kind of take you through and talk about on this show. But uh, you know, obviously, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was you know going back to the beginning, the regular season. Hold on, right? hold on. Let's, oh, you, let's stay on this wedding here. Right? Oh, because, you want to because you're going to get 
the big ring. You've already got the big ring. Then you're going to get the Super Bowl ring after that, right? But <laughs> yeah. I mean, let, let's let's talk about this. All right, well, you had a, <laughs> a phenomenal wedding, married the, the lovely Jenna, um, and 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 recently, right? We're talking what April 10th, right? Yeah, I think it was last weekend. Yeah. Uh, so very recently, we yeah. So with COVID, we uh, we were planning to get married two years ago. But that got that got canceled. So we got married legally, uh, and then we were able to finally have the big party with all of our friends, our family, uh, and just got to celebrate uh, the best day of our lives. So it was uh, it was amazing. We, we uh, got married up in New Jersey, I, like you said, married the love of my life, Jenna. There we are. Wow. Uh, <laughs> see, that's yeah. Not, uh, look how excited I am. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But it was uh, it was amazing. Well, and and when you you look at at. Uh, at the 10th, is there any special significance to getting married on yeah, April 10th? Of Scotty? course, had to, had to. I'm number 10, you know, <laughs> as you guys know. So I yeah. uh, had to had to do it on the 10th. Excellent. Why number 10? What's the significance there? Um, honestly, uh, well, my wife tells me to answer this a certain way. She used to be a gymnast and she, she uh, used the to perfect get, score. She had the perfect yeah. score. Exactly. Right. So uh, so there you go. But I mean, when when I got drafted, they called me, gave me a couple options and mm -hmm. uh I knew Adam Humphreys was departing and he was number 10. I thought yeah. was a good, a good fit to kind of, you know, hopefully live up to live up to what he did in Tampa. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, I just think it's a cool number. Yeah, that's great. Now there's the, there's this whole, the numbers system is changing right now in the NFL. Yeah. And if you're today, it got passed down and already a couple of your teammates, Leonard Fournette was tweeting out and he was, was he? Like, Lombardi Lenny was saying number seven, seven's yeah. coming back. Yeah. And so any thought for that for you, or are you good with 10? Yeah. Uh, Mike Edwards might have something to say about seven. So I think he was seven in, uh, in college. <laughs> right. So let That's them right. uh, argue that one out but uh but yeah i mean i'll probably like to stick with 10 um uh but i was number one in high school i love number one but i'm, I'm sure somebody else will, will grab that i think i'm gonna be sticking with number 10 that's right love to hear it you know you had a really kind of a breakout year your rookie season you got eased into the lineup and you know i, I covered you during your rookie season and you went through a lot of, of issues with your hamstring mm -hmm. and um it started in training camp, and then every time you seemed to gain some momentum, that hamstring would flare up again. And you told me right when the season ended, the 2019 season ended, you said, I'm going to get the hamstrings mm -hmm. issue resolved. It's not going to bother me in 2020. And it really didn't. What did you do to overcome that with your offseason training to, to put – the hamstring issues behind you yeah i actually remember that conversation we had yeah. um that was the biggest health was the biggest thing for me coming out of that one that first year because mm -hmm. i missed like four to five games i think it was and like mm -hmm. you said whenever i could get going i would just get hurt i got hurt in the preseason as well so that yeah. hurt me with my development um but but really i attribute a lot to when tom came uh alex guerrero is one of his one of his main business partners and, mm -hmm. and coach and, and tb12 exactly yeah. he's the he's the creator of tb12 um, so they helped me so much, uh, along with uh, Behart and Sean over there. Mm -hmm. They got their place um, over by the facility. Um, but those guys, I, I would go in, I would see them like three to four times a week, and those guys helped me tremendously. Just keep my body right, uh, keep me flexible, loose, um, pliable, as they would say. Um, That's right. And honestly, it just helped so much. Uh, so much of my health is attributed to them. I, I didn't miss a single game this year. And there was a lot of them this year with yeah. the playoffs, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, so much goes out to them and just me, you know, taking that next step and being a professional, being a pro and just trying to take care of my body. Is there something to it like in the NFL? I mean, you get to that point and it, is it 
more taxing on the body than college, like where you have to basically think after your rookie season, how am I going to take care of my body in a totally new way? Yeah, I think uh, also you're getting a little bit older. So I think that may, I'm, I mean, I'm only 23, so not that old. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think also in college, a lot of us are like just the best naturally. So in practice, you don't have to uh, quite use as much energy. But right. in the in the pros in the NFL, you got to when you got an NFL defensive back pressing you as a receiver, you got to be on top of your game, trying as hard as you can every single rep. Right. Um, so you're just exerting that much energy and that much effort. So you just got to be ready to Scotty, uh, stay healthy. You're talking about energy, and I see you've got a Celsius shirt on. Celsius, uh, the, the title sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast, also uh, in the corner with, with Scotty Miller here. We're drinking some Celsius tonight. Uh, got the watermelon courtesy of my wife, Ashley. She's the one who likes watermelon. Um, but we want you to, to, to stay tuned. We're going to have more with Scotty Miller after this quick message from our friends at Celsius and a cool new promo where you can win a Scotty Miller autographed football on the other side of this. Uh... All right, so we've got the let me get the Celsius banners queued up there. All right, we are energized by Celsius as always. And uh, Scotty, what's your favorite flavor? I see you you rocking the orange. Is that your favorite flavor? Yeah, um, I love orange juice too. So the yep. orange Celsius drink just goes hand in hand with that. Uh, it's great. I, I love the watermelon one, like you have too. Uh, they got a ton of ton of good flavors. The kiwi is good as well. Um, so it really just keeps me fueled before my workouts and stuff like that. So um, I'd say any one of those three are, are my go-tos. Well, we, we've got a special promotion for our audience out there, Peter Report uh, podcast audience. A new Celsius giveaway. You might have remembered our first promo we did with Celsius a couple of months ago. Well, we've got a new one, and it's open up to even more winners. So here's how you're going to participate. There'll be a total of 10 winners, each receiving a free month's supply of Celsius, the flavor of your choice. So once you know your favorite flavor, go ahead and let us know. And they'll send you, if you win, they'll send you uh, a month's supply of that. And the grand prize winner, we're going to have one. Grand prize winner is going to get an autographed football from Scotty Miller, as well as that cool month's supply of Celsius. Here's what you got to do. You want to... Click on, on this link below. Let me pull it up here so we get the right link. Enter to win Celsius.com backslash pewter. That's the link you're going to go to. We'll have that We'll have a, uh, on our social media promotions, and, and we'll have that uh, all over there for the next 10 days through May 1st. All you have to do is follow Pewter Report, Scotty Miller, and Celsius on social media. Take screenshots of that, and you're going to upload those when you go to Celsius.com backslash pewter with your name and an email address and then they're going to randomly pick a winner to get that scotty miller football and then nine other people are going to get that awesome prize of a free month's worth of celsius so a grand prize winner going to get your football and a free month supply of celsius enter to win at celsius.com backslash pewter 
Scotty, I got to ask you, this is question has been in my mind. I've been covering the Bucks for over a year now, but you're the first Bucks player I've actually met, by the way, because really? of COVID restrictions. Yeah. Well, I wasn't able to actually be down here or meet anybody or be in no, no open locker room. Right. So you're the first Bucks player I've actually met, which is cool because I've been wanting to ask you this question. We get to the mid-season point of the regular season, and you are leading the team in receiving yards, a team with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Obviously, they were banged up some, mm-hmm. but Tom Brady's your quarterback. I I wonder for you, like, and just being honest, like, what is going through your mind at that point when you're you see you're leading this team in receiving yards? You see the kind of year you're having. A guy like Antonio Brown is coming in. You know, obviously, the resume that he has and he's bringing to the table. What's going through your mind at that point in time? Yeah. Um, first of all, I knew what I was capable of always when I came into the league, and then after that first season, I was really confident in my abilities. And what I was going to be able to do yeah. in the, in that offense. So um, I, I was expecting to to have a good year. I thought I had a I had a very good camp. I was, I stayed healthy, fortunate, like we talked about before. Um, but after uh, the Saints game, the first game, I got to I had a pretty good game. They had like seventy yards or something that first game. So I thought that was a good start to the yes. start to the year. Um, and then, like you said, like I think it was like six games in something like that. Yeah. I was leading the team. Um, I was very fortunate to get a lot of opportunities. The coaches believed in me, gave me a lot of chances. Every time I was open, even not when I was open, Tom put the ball on me, made it easy for me. So um, it, w- it was awesome. But like you said, uh, Chris and Mike were banged up. Mm-hmm. So that also gave me additional opportunities. But I just try to be there and I try to make the opportunity, make the play whenever, whenever my number's called. I can't control, you know, if I'm going to be in the game, if mm-hmm. I'm going to get thrown the ball when I'm right. in the game. Um, but my mindset is whenever I get the opportunity, I got to come through. Make hey, speaking of Tom Brady, you know, we had very limited access as media to the Buccaneers this offseason. There were no OTAs. There was no mini camps. So we're rolling in there the very first day of training camp. And, I mean, Scotty, it's not more than five minutes into the first training camp practice. You were blowing past two of your teammates, catching what seemed to be like a 70- to 80-yard bomb from Brady. Now, I know you guys worked together at Berkeley Prep, getting some of that timing down. But to do it at one Buccaneer place, right, to catch that bomb, to get past those defenders, and – I think you were like letting out like woohoo, something like that, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, could you sense that was the start of something special with you and Brady? Because you guys really clicked from, well, probably dating back to Berkeley, but certainly from the first training camp practice. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that play you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, it was just like a deep post and got past the corner in the safety, and Tom just laid it out there for me. So, like you said, it goes back to Berkeley those days when Tom first called us up and and had us show up. At first, it was just me me, CG, and Cam, and mm-hmm. we were just grinding. We right there saw Tom's work ethic every single day, and that made us all work even harder. It's amazing to see how hard he works. At the age he is, he's still <laughs> yeah. outworking everybody. It's uh, it's just a testament to everything he's done and who he is. Um, but right then, it, it was a little bit more special to catch that ball in practice in front of the coaches, in front right. of everybody <laughs> in the building, then at Berkeley in front of nobody, also yeah. going against the defense. So I think it just kind of showed what we could do, and I think we uh, carried that right into the season, game one, and then yeah. going on from there. You talk about that that game one, right? Five catches, 73 yards down there in New Orleans. How much was of a confidence boost was that to start your season mm-hmm. catching so many balls from Brady, being way more involved in the offense in week one than you were in uh, in any game last year? Huge. It was a huge confidence boost. I, I knew I could do it. I knew the type of player I could be. Uh, but to see it to come to fruition on a Sunday and that type of game too is a big game. Yeah. Um I, I kind of that really that really in my head knew I could I could play at that level and be a, a key contributor and a and a, a big time player. So it was a, it was big for me. 
that's I remember that that long pass against Janoris Jenkins late in the in that Saints game, I think it was, where you got by him and lasted. Tom laid it out there for you and you mm-hmm. kind of caught it. It was a little bit of an extension away from your body and you caught it. And I remember I was watching the game obviously at home because no, you know, we weren't I was in Pennsylvania still, but I hadn't moved down here yet. And I was like, Man, that guy, he might be like a factor this season, of you know, just because of the speed. But when you go to, I don't know if you even know this or if you're even aware of this. When you, if you look online and you see what other analysts say, people who don't cover the box or maybe don't watch every game, mm-hmm. you get put in the Julian Edelman and Wes yeah. Welker molds. Yeah. And I'm sure it has something to do with your size, obviously. And so people are putting you in that slot receiver mold only, you know, kind of like they think that that's your position, but you're actually an outside receiver mm-hmm. for the box more than anything. Can you talk about the differences between those roles and how that misconception has followed you a little bit into the NFL? Yeah, no, like you said, it's been crazy because anyone that follows the Bucks or watches what we do or knows me as a player knows yep. I hardly play in the slot at all. In college, right. I played a little bit in the slot, but it was mm-hmm. still not like a grimy. I was still like a vertical threat <laughs> yeah. type of guy. Um, but the they're very different positions. Chris Godwin actually plays the slot for us, as you mm-hmm. guys know, but – most people probably envision him as an outside receiver because yeah. he's bigger, like <laughs> right. a taller guy. Um, but you get a block, you got to do the dirty yes. work in there. Yeah, like, there's a lot of times he'll exactly. go across the formation into the hole. Exactly, like that's a, a, a big part of our pullback. offense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of times we'll motion Chris down, and I'm probably not the best guy for that role. Uh, as you guys <laughs> look at me and see, uh, I try my best, but I don't think they want a 170 pound guy going to block. Uh, Cam Jordan or whoever it may be. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're very different positions. I enjoy being on the outside, getting one-on-one matchups with DBs. I think that's where I thrive, um, and I'm able to get down the field and make big plays. So uh, I don't – I think, like you said, a lot of the size, what I look like, people compare me to Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Cole Beasley, whoever it may be. But I like to think I'm more of a Deshaun Jackson type of player. I have yeah. a lot of work yes. to do. He's right. unbelievable and done everything you could possibly do in the league. But uh, that's a guy I look up to and think my game can be similar to like. Scotty, you got a, a touchdown last year. It was a costly one. Your first touchdown was against Detroit. I think you blew a hammy last year, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. And that ended your season on, on a high note, but but it ended it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Right? So your second touchdown, boy, it couldn't have come in a better game at a better time. You guys were down 17 points early to the Chargers at home. And you come through with five catches, actually three catches, 83 yards, you averaged 27.6 yards per catch in that game targeted five times but that touchdown ended up being critical because you guys dug yourself a hole and had to mm-hmm. come back what was it about that game that you learned with tom at the helm because now this is his fourth game under center no preseason yeah but to enable you guys to come back I think he had five touchdowns that game. He was the yeah. the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, I think that was the first time in the whole year, I believe, that you really saw our offense start rolling. Bad start, like you said, down 17 or whatever it was. Um, but then we we all knew Tom could come back from anything after we saw that 28-3 game <laughs> right. against, the, against the Falcons. But uh, to, to finally do it with us and our offense, to see us get going, clicking. Um, we had, I think Juice had a big touchdown right before mine. Yeah. Um, when he was healthy, touchdown for him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, but and then my I had a big catch right the very play before Mm -hmm. my touchdown catch. So, um, were you huffing and puffing a little bit? I was very tired. Yeah, and I also (laughs) get really excited and just run around. Everyone probably saw the Packer. I don't even know what I was doing, just running in circles in the end zone. I get I get so excited. I love the game. So much passion for it. So whenever I make a play, I just go crazy. But uh, that was that was definitely a. That Charger game was a big game to to show everyone and show ourselves that we we could be a very productive offense. Your t- ne- your next touchdown yeah. was was just as big. 
right before halftime of the Raiders game out there in Las Vegas. That was actually your first 100-yard game. Six catches, 109 yards, average 18-point yards per catch, and a big touchdown. Very similar to what almost happened, or actually would happen, in that NFC Championship yeah. game, right? I mean, same, yeah. similar type of situation. Were those the same play calls, or were they different between the Raiders' mm-hmm. touchdown, where you were kind of sliding into the back of the end zone mm-hmm. right before the, the half, and then and then the Packers' touchdown? How similar or different were those yeah. play calls? Very similar. Same exact play call, really. The formation was different in the Raider game. Okay. I was in the slop, and then they motioned Jay White was outside of me. They motioned him in. And then he ran a crosser just like Chris did in the Packer game. Right, right. But then I just ran like a spray go. And then in the Packer game, we were in a bunch. So I just started outside and ran the spray go. But very mm-hmm. similar. All it is is a, a, they call a play action go route. And it's just yeah. the two outside guy run goes, the inside guy runs a crosser. Um, so it's pretty simple, um, but very similar situations, two-minute situations. Um, so so big-time plays for the team when you can when you can score at the end of a half, big momentum changer. So. It's kind of funny because the Raiders game, it's like, all right, maybe they – I don't know how, but maybe they didn't know about Scotty Miller. Like, right, like maybe they're just sleeping a little before the half. But, like, the Packers game, I mean, you were talking – like. I mean, the Packers game at that point in the season, like, were you stunned at the way they played you in that game? Yeah, absolutely. I, I <laughs> don't know exactly what they were what they were doing. I, I we thought they were going to come out in like a prevent type of situation, yeah. but as you guys saw, the <laughs> Kevin King was like ten yards off me, just like a slow back pedal. So yeah. as soon as we saw that, I was hoping Tom saw it. Of course, he did. Right when I got by him, I looked up, the ball was coming out right in my lap. So yeah. when did you know? Did you know when you saw the defensive alignment? I mean, did you did you know before the snap? That if Tom sees you, it's a touchdown. Yeah, well, so it's interesting because I really thought we were gonna throw a help. Tom in the huddle just called go. It was like just be ready to catch some in the back of the end zone. So I'm <laughs> wearing a bunch of linemen. I'm like yelling at Chris. I'm like, why now? I'm like, because I'm th- I'm thinking we're just gonna run to the back corner. Yeah. Right, right. I'm gonna look for a tip or something. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not gonna go up and get it. <laughs> um, but uh, but then but then we saw their defense. As soon as I looked up, I saw one corner and then a high one high safety. Yeah. So I'm like, is this gonna be a an opportunity to just have yeah. a normal go ball? And that's what it was. And good thing we we're all on the same page, and it worked out. How much is that mental part a big part of playing receiver? We, I, Scott and I especially, we were big into the draft, and so we evaluate players every year based on what they do on tape and things. But one of the parts that's hidden for us a lot of time is what's the mental process going to be like for these players coming from college, like to recognize coverages, to see things like you identified with the safety and the corners technique. Is that a huge adjustment for you coming from college to the NFL, or was that part natural? Huge, huge yeah. adjustment for me. Uh, I went to Bowling Green, which is a smaller school, mm-hmm. which may not matter, but our offense was – pretty simple yeah we ran like an air raid type of offense so i didn't have to read much at all mm-hmm. i kind of just found open space got open did my thing um never had to worry about what the safeties were doing so when i came to the nfl and, and ba's and byron's offense it was uh, a huge change for me so that was a big uh process for me my, my rookie mm-hmm. year that i had to learn how to read safeties and, and corners and cover two corners and stuff like that so it, it's a big part of it that guys that come into the league that i've seen young guys already it takes time to adjust and to learn before they can really start showing um, how good they are and how athletic they are. Right. Obviously you, you make a lot of big plays on paper and like a lot of big plays in the games and they're explosive touchdowns, long plays for the team, but the Vikings touchdown, Scott, yeah. you and I have talked about this, yes. like the Vikings touchdown seemed like, I mean, you guys come out in that game and they, yeah, they, they were struggling a little bit in the red zone. Minnesota was, but you guys, you know, we're coming out of the bye and you're coming off those couple losses and it's like, man, you really want to get going. It just wasn't clicking those first couple drives. Then all of a sudden, boom, like that's out of Scotty nowhere. Spark, that, that's touchdown. right. Like yeah. it just seemed like 
did something change for the team after that? Yeah, I, I think so. After that, that that was the first game after the bye week, right? Yeah. After that, I don't know if we lost. You didn't know. That. Yeah. <laughs> no. So um, that was it. That was. I mean, I don't know if that play sparked it, but mm. I think we got going in that game a little bit, and then I think the Falcon game might have been the next one or something. But mm. we got going. That, then we really got going. Um, I think in the Viking game, I, I think I only played like five plays in that game. Uh, you, did, yes. you did, yes. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, big one to have. Yeah, we we were kind of given bruce the business about that too right because yeah. that's a pretty impactful play it's yeah. like maybe play scotty miller a little bit more you know <laughs> yeah we were joking around considerably after that game where maybe it was the halftime of that game i think it was we were like yeah. man i just whenever he's on the field and he's playing a couple of plays and it makes a huge difference you think even pulling the defense yeah i, I feel like whenever i'm out there i can at least threaten the defense deep mm-hmm. and make them back up and if they don't i feel like i can have a big play at any moment but right. but i'm i mean i trust the coaches and their decision making we had Obviously, so many good receivers, but AB, yeah, Mike, and yeah. Chris. So it's difficult to find time to find time. Plus, Tyler Johnson, as sure. you guys saw, is a very talented player. So uh, we and then a lot of times, me and him are just standing on the sidelines. So it's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> it but it, that's that's why I say whenever you get the opportunity, whenever you get the opportunity, you got to make the play. Hey, and, you were talking about Tyler Johnson and not having a preseason. Now he robbed us of seeing this guy mm-hmm. develop because we. Listen, when we get to watch practice, it's the first 30 minutes. You guys are doing calisthenics. Right. You know, you're doing like indies and warm ups. <laughs> get to see much. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't get to see any of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. But talk about how Tyler Johnson developed behind the scenes. And I, and I know that when Antonio Brown came with his credentials, you know, it, it did cut into your playing time. The domino effect is it cut into his playing time. Yeah. Still made some big time catches for you mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of key games down the stretch. But what did you see from Tyler Johnson behind the scenes? And, and uh, and how how beneficial is OTA's minicamp a preseason going to be for this guy? It's going to be huge. Uh, he got so much better. Not to say he was he was bad at all when he yeah. first came in, but just that learning curve that I talked about earlier, and just learning how we run our routes a specific way. To just just see him come in and work hard every single day, which yeah. uh, which is what we do. we get to learn from Mike and Chris, which are two of the hardest working and best receivers in the league. So we're very fortunate. But just to see him come and work every day, and he just continually got better throughout the year and then finally he started getting opportunities at the end of the year i I think he had like two or three touchdowns during the year Mm -hmm. had the huge play against the saints so we all knew it was a matter of time when he gets in there we're all very confident that he can beat anybody in front of him very shifty shifty guy um so he's just he's a great player and uh, i think this year he'll probably get some more opportunities and and makes a big place for us it's it's so interesting because we look at the team and you know every week you're kind of coming in and you're like like you said there's so many talented guys right so like who's the guy this week who's going to be produced you know in that mm-hmm. Saints game in the playoffs obviously it was a huge game for you guys right I mean it's like that that team there was like this this barrier it, you know it seemed like between passing that team yeah. and where that you had to do that to get to the Super Bowl was almost like fitting that that had to happen wasn't mm-hmm. it Yeah absolutely we uh, when BA was there I think we played them like four times mm-hmm. leading up to that game and we hadn't won a single yeah, game right. and i don't think the bucks had much success before that either against right. them they had a very good defense <laughs> no, always but that was yeah so we knew that was gonna be a very tough game for us but we prepared well tom got us ready like he always does we had a great game plan and we we executed our defense came to play like they always do and helped us out tremendously yeah. so i'm gonna date one. myself here because you're you're 23 years old mm-hmm. i've covered the bucks this is my 26th year covering wow. the bucks okay wow so I was there for the first Super Bowl. Now, the thing is, I, I've told our, our viewers and, and listeners for some time, the psychological factor of beating the Eagles in 2002, mm-hmm. winning the Super Bowl was a foregone conclusion after that. Because yeah. just like the Saints had done to you, 
the Eagles were the bully for the Buccaneers mm -hmm. during the Tony Dungy and John Gruden years prior to the Super Bowl and had beaten the Bucs, I think, four or five straight times. And after you guys beat the Saints, I knew you were going to beat the Packers. Yep. I knew you were going to beat the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Because you'd beaten those teams before. You'd beaten the Packers before, certainly. But just from a sheer momentum standpoint, uh, a, 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 a physical standpoint for sure, but the emotional, the mental, the psychological yeah. standpoint, I think you guys really had the edge. Once you beat the bully yes. in their playground in New Orleans, Am I wrong? Was was that the big psychological no, shift? No, you're absolutely right. I, and I remember the feeling in the in the locker room after that. Like game. you can't be stopped. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, that we felt better after that win than probably the Packer game. I mean, it's right. tough to beat, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was such a big win for us. Right. Finally, like you said, just to get over that hump. There's that, that team is like our big. That's that was the hardest team for us because their defense was so stout yeah. and so tough at every level. Um, so when we got past them, we knew we knew we had a great right. chance, like you said, and then with the momentum was with us. One of the interesting things was the way that it happened. Like you, I mean, the offense, it was a fine game. We got some things going, but it wasn't like a dominant game from the offense per usual. No. Late in the game, you need that drive. Tyler Johnson with the back shoulder catch. Mm -hmm. You between the corner and the safety and play that I thought right. you were gonna get killed. Yeah. Talk to me about that play. Like, did you know like that you know that safety screaming and yeah. you have to get down as you catch it? Yeah. That, that was a, a great play call by Byron. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I was fortunate I got to get in for that play. I didn't play too much of that game either, That's but right. I motioned over to the right side. I was third mm -hmm. and five, so everyone would expect a little out route. So yeah. Janoris Jenkins, we knew too, likes to mm -hmm. jump route. So we just, I just gave him a little out move and took it up, took it up high and. And Tom put a great ball because I, I saw that safety cover. That's why if you see, I, <laughs> yes. I dropped down as, at, while I was you, catching it because I was like, if I, I just call a smart football play, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if I come down with that if he, <laughs> if he hits me clean. So uh, it was definitely a big one for us. Like you said, Tyler, right before, that's just yeah. two two big-time plays for guys that were standing on the sideline that, 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 whole, that whole game. Right. So. That's exactly right. That was so crazy about it. And that was one of the moments that I think Scott and I kind of were like, man, this team, like even the depth, like even yeah. when the top guys aren't, yeah. you know, going off for a huge game right. or something, mm -hmm. Mike Evans isn't taking over like he can, you know, they still find ways to get done with the depth. The depth of the team throughout the playoffs, wasn't that a theme even with guys like Aaron Stinney stepping up yeah, and other so guys? He did you look at yeah. Cam Brate in, in mm -hmm. the, the Washington game in the first round, four catches, yeah, 80 yards. I think yards. he led the team yeah. receiving that yeah. game, yeah. And then he yeah. had a touchdown against the, the Packers yeah. as yeah. well, yeah. So it was, we had so we have so many – so many good players, so much depth at yeah. every single position, offense, defense, everything. Um, so we know that if someone goes down, if someone else mm -hmm. has to come in, that they're going to step up. Yeah. Because that's what we do in practice every day. We see guys make plays, and we know we got ballers everywhere. It's a little bit of a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, you've got so many talented guys that have the, the Pro Bowl credentials ahead of you, right? So when they're on the field, they're, they're going to get prioritized a bit. But at the same time, they're also going to draw those coverages yeah, that is going to create some favorable matchups for you, too. So it's it's really a two-edged sword. You can have a, a one-catch, eight-yard game or a, a four-catch, 80-yard game the next mm -hmm. week with, yeah. a, with a touch center, too. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome to get to play behind those guys. It's Mike always, whoever the best corner is on the other team is yeah. guarding Mike. So right. I ain't got to worry about that, which is <laughs> yeah. nice at all times. And then. Chris, they had a football safety and a linebacker nickel on him. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, if I'm out there, I'm always getting one-on-one -on -one matchups, which makes it way easier for me. So uh, I'm just happy I get to play alongside of those guys and learn from them. Now, you haven't had – you haven't played in a preseason game yet, have you? you I did. You I played, played in one. I played in two, two the Browns after and the, the Cowboys. Right, okay. yeah. But I wasn't – even then, my hamstrings were still pretty bad, so I didn't really – I played too yeah. much and didn't do much. So, I mean, you're just scratching the surface, really. I mean, we saw you go from 200 – yards and 20 um actually 13 catches 200 yards one touchdown 
to a quantum leap this year, 33 catches, 501 yards, three touchdowns. Your average even creeped up 14 yards to 15.2. I mean, you're an ascending player, an offseason, a mini camp, a healthy preseason. That's only going to further your game and give you more experience to produce even better numbers. Yeah, I think uh, I think with time and experience, I just I get more confident. And like I said, I'm I'm so confident in my abilities. I can think I think I can do really good things in this league. So um, I'm just excited yeah. to continue to get better each and every year and work hard every offseason. That's what it's about. And just just try and work on pick out a couple of things every year to try and get better at. Um, and I think that'll really help me in my career. Yeah, we talked about uh, this offseason or this season playing with so many talented guys. Well, the crazy part is that they're almost all back. You know, yeah. that's like the <laughs> crazy. So you're at home. You know, you've got all these free agents coming. And, and you're not even at the facility. You're not like around these guys, you know, Jason Leiter, Mike Greenberg necessarily, who are like handle a lot of these things. You're getting as, married. I was going to say, you're getting married. You're playing a wedding. But yeah. all at the same time, like a good chunk of your team is like technically about to be available in free agency. Yeah. Do you spend, did you spend any time like thinking through like, man, what if we don't have this guy? What if we don't have this guy? What's going to happen with these guys? And like how glued to your phone and like those situations are in terms of communicating with those guys? Yeah, no, a lot. Yeah. Especially the guys I'm like Chris, very, mm-hmm. it was very mm-hmm. instance it was going to happen to him because that, that was up in the air, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but but everybody. So I think all of us, we, we wanted everyone to come back because we had such a good team, obviously. So um, I'm, I follow all the guys, Adam Schefter, everybody, yeah. all the different NFL <laughs> accounts out there. So as soon as anything happens, I get the notification on my phone. Uh, it was just great. Every time I got the, got the chime that someone was coming, just super excited, knowing that we're going to have a great chance at, at winning it again next year. Right? I caught a little bit of flack for this. We had your, your uh, teammate, type, uh, tight end Cam Braid on the podcast about a week or so ago, and I asked a negative question. I'm going to ask it to you too, right? Because we know what happened. But what if you had lost the Super Bowl? I mean, was that in your mind at all? Because the, the thing is, is, it's not just the Super Bowl. It's a home game. Mm-hmm. It's in your your turf, your territory. Yeah. Um, was was that ever – did that ever creep into your mind? Did you guys ever talk about it? Because that's a little devastating to – to get that far, yeah, and maybe you know not not win it, but doing it on your own turf, there might be some ghosts haunting you, if if that yeah. happens. And thankfully, it didn't. I didn't think it was going to, but I mean, was that ever a thought or, a, or talked about at all? No, I don't. I don't think you can let. I don't think you can let that thought creep in your head. I don't think you can. It certainly can't talk about it just because the the mindset is winning. Yeah, you can't. We at least me and and most of the guys on the team. We don't Tom Brady even, was texting you. Believe, believe, believe. Tom Brady right? was yeah. texting us about every day, a couple times a day, watching film, always sending us little clips all the time. Uh, we would have meet, extra meetings with him, with him every day. He would pull up clips of the DBs. We would watch mm-hmm. every single guy. So we knew everyone to a T, every single yep. DB they had. Um, so we were just so locked in that week, those two weeks, just so focused. Um, so that that thought never we, – we knew we went into the game knowing that we were going to yep. win. And, of course, we could have lost, but anything happened. But sure. in our mind, we were going to win. At the same time, um, how much of, of being on that surface for you that, – that's your home field – how much of an advantage was that? I think it's a I think it's a big advantage for sure. Um, you get to play. We well, definitely had more fans than they did. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, and then just you're so comfortable. You you're in your own locker room that you're there 10, 10 times a year, whatever it is. Um, you're staying at a hotel. You know, you're staying in this the area that you know. Uh, you don't have to get on a plane. So right. it's really it was a big advantage. Uh, 
it was still was a little different uh just like the the all the different decorations and how the stadium was they took us in a different way through through the uh through the tunnel and stuff like that so a little yeah. different but at the end of the day it was our our stadium so it was a, i'd say it was an advantage for us didn't cam say he didn't even know which locker room he was going to be when he showed up right. for the stadium? it was that's <laughs> what i'm saying like you they took usually we drive to the game ourselves yeah. they took us on a bus we were at a different hotel, but one we're familiar with because it's in the area. You get on the bus, they drive you there, and they're like, and every, all the the walls painted differently. So I'm yeah. like, where are we going? Is this USF's <laughs> locker room? Or where? And then you walk in, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is where we're always at. So. Right. That's funny. Yeah. It's uh, one of those things that as we kind of track it from the media side, we get to those certain points. And I remember Scott's covered the Bucks for so much longer. I remember him saying to me after the Saints game, he's like, that's it. They're, they're winning yeah. the Super Bowl. You know, and, and that was the game that for him was like that mental, you know, it was like once you get t- team clears that, then good things are coming. Yeah. But Kansas City represented a full, to us, it may have been a, a format, you know, we thought you guys were winning all the way, but yeah. Kansas City represented a formidable challenge. Oh, yeah. And in that Bucks like Super Bowl video that's out there, in some of the clips that you see from NFL films, as Pat Mahomes is doing some of the things he's doing in the game, you guys on the sideline, yeah. are, especially the receivers, <laughs> are going crazy. You're like, this guy's unbelievable. I'm sure yeah. it helped that you were up pretty big at that point in time so you could actually kind of Enjoy appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's the fan watching right. that was he's a unique player though isn't he oh my goodness he's unbelievable he's yeah. tremendous i've never seen something like that i don't think most people have especially some of those throws he's making in that game lay, like lying on the ground <laughs> chucking balls and right. hitting dudes in the face yeah <laughs> how's he doing that so he we knew it was gonna be a tough challenge playing him he's one of the, probably the best up-and-coming player in the league um but we'll, we'll still take time on our side he's, he's getting older but right. he still shows up and competes and has everyone else ready so yeah. uh we're very thrilled that we got time on our side and now there's this wide receiver three spot i don't know if you've heard this kind of like up in the air you've obviously got chris and mike and now it's got you and Tyler Johnson are there. And right now there's not Antonio Brown's not on the roster. And so, and you know, obviously there's other guys there too, but is that in your head as you're thinking about next season? You're like, man, that, that's a role. I want to take advantage. Of. I want to be a full-time guy out there on the field. It's three wide receiver sets. Absolutely. I mean, I want to play as much as I can. Yeah. I think I can help the team. Uh, so I want to be out there as much as I can to be, to be able to make plays for the team. Um, but with that being said, uh, Tyler's a great player. I'm sure if we don't have AB, we'll bring somebody in or something, mm-hmm. and and there'll be more competition. But um, that's that's I love to compete. You know, we'll all go out there yeah. and compete in camp, and uh, whoever's the best guy, the coach stuff out there. And also, we're all good at different things. So yeah. ooh, you can call it a wide receiver three, but you know, me and Tyler are good at different things. Me and Chris even. So mm-hmm. the coaches will do a great job of putting guys out there that um, that they want for specific roles. So Speaking it'll it'll be good. Of competition, you and I had a. a either phone or text conversation uh, about this time last year, actually it was probably, probably back in February about you wanting to really get more involved in special teams, maybe see some time at pump returner, kick returner. You did a little bit of that in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously uh, with COVID wrecking the whole off season, you didn't get the opportunities really yeah. to go in there and, and compete at a truncated training camp. There's no preseason. There've been guys that like Jaden Mickens that had done it, done it and been a little mm-hmm. bit more accomplished, but, is that something that you want to get more involved in? You, yeah. Would you want to get involved in either, either punt or kick return or both? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, it just depends on who's on the roster too. Jadon has been a was a great force all year. I don't think he dropped a single punt all year, so yeah. he did a phenomenal job for us. Kenyon Barner was also with us, uh, I think the second half of the season or something like that. So he also is a great return man in the league. So uh, it depends who you got on the roster, but I, I love any opportunity I have to make a play, mm-hmm. like we've been talking about. So. Uh, I, I would be down. I would love to do either job, you know, right. if, if the team needed me and, you know, I'll be, I'm always back there every day catching punts. So 
Uh, I always try and stay ready if I never, ever need to go back there. So Do you prefer punts rather than kickoff returns? Um, I would say this. I think the punts are a, diff- a more a harder job. It's harder yeah. to catch a punt. Uh, <laughs> catch a punt's not easy right. in, in an NFL game. But once you do catch it, you got a lot more space to make moves. Yeah. Kick return, you got like 11 guys coming down full speed. It's a little harder to make a play. at the same time, you know? yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, so there's, there's pros and cons to both. But anytime you get the ball, it's a, an opportunity to make a big play. So yeah. uh, both will be fun to do. Now you in a practice did get to catch what was it was it six or seven balls at once that you had? Yeah, I think it was I think it was seven. I think seven. I'm not sure. I think but, it was seven. I yeah. have I've covered this I covered the Steelers for years before, and I have they did the same thing every practice. Everybody yeah. would line up try to get it. I've never seen anybody even come close to seven. Yeah. How did you? You don't even have that much like surface yeah. area to catch. That seven. was crazy. I, I I think the most I had previously done was like four, maybe five, <laughs> maybe. But like me and Jadon Mickens driving a competition after yeah. a camp practice, I think it was or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys are getting after it. Yeah, he actually had caught. He had caught his seventh one, like slipped out. Mm-hmm. But he did it. I was so after he did, I was like, oh, I gotta beat him, right? You know, <laughs> like, that competitive nature. But I don't know. I had like two balls in between my legs. Like both my arms are full. <laughs> yeah, I think the only way I could have got another was like shoving them on my right. shirt. But right. um, that was uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was a fun day. That's yeah. One of the things that stands out to me about you, Scotty, is whenever we get to talk to you after games, one of the first things you always do is before you answer our question is you give a shout out to Jesus and you talk yeah. about your faith a little bit and how much you want to give glory to God and what you're doing on the field. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk? I know that's very meaningful to you. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'd, I'd like to give glory to God if without him. I wouldn't be here and, and, and I believe that no one would be here. So I'm just very thankful for every opportunity I get on this earth. Um, and I don't thank God for, for giving me touchdowns and all that. I just thank him for being here, being my Lord and savior, dying on the cross for my sins. And I know that if I, that through him, that through the blood, on, the blood on the cross that Jesus shed, that, um, that we can all get to heaven through that. If we just believe in, in that, um, so I, I like to give all glory to God. All, anyone that looks up to me, I, I want them to know that um, I wouldn't be where I'm at without without my faith in right. God. Um, so just very thankful for and blessed for everything I've gotten in life. And I never want to forget um, that Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Right. Yeah. Very great to have a thankful and grateful yes. perspective. Lots of Bucks fans are thankful and grateful for you, yeah. Scotty. Well, and, and, and here's why. Right. Yeah. Because, again, <laughs> I've, I've covered this team for 26 years now. The play. In Buccaneer history is Rondé Barber's 92-yard pick six against the Eagles in the NFC's uh, championship game right before the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you had a very similar splash play in the NFC championship game, right? It's, it's this one right here we're talking about. That catch right before halftime that gave you guys a nice, comfortable lead. On behalf of Pewter Report and our friends at Playbook Products, we've got you a wedding gift, my friend. We got you this little. Oh, wow, yeah, that's it's, unbelievable. It's actually, in, for people who are watching you, it's actually the play where they made it in wall art from Playbook Products, who has unbelievable coasters and mugs and all kinds of stuff. You can check out at playbookproducts.com. But they actually made this for you and they wanted us to present it to you. You know, as one of our sponsors for the podcast that's on awesome. the show. Yeah, you thank you so much. Play. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's exactly everything on there is exactly how it went it's, down. It's, what I was talking about earlier, there's Chris running across the middle and me and Mike just running goes. So that's that's right. awesome. I was like, I was actually going to grab it when you were describing the play. Yeah, like, it's, you it's like, like this. You like, showed up on the, on yeah, the chalkboard. It's, that's it's, great. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing detail. And they've got like the score up there and, you know, the Scotty before the half. Yeah, that's amazing. Exactly right. So they make some great products. Obviously a playbook products, as you guys know, we talk about all the time. Uh, but they, yeah, they wanted us to present this with you. Yeah, and, shout out to them. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I a, really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice little wedding present. 
Playbookproducts.com. You can go to the website. I was just talking about Rondé Barber's Pick 6. They got that mug right there. You can get mugs, coasters, wall art, the Pick 6 to seal it, or Scotty before the half at Playbookproducts.com. You know, the great thing about Playbook Products, Scotty, is you just got married. If you want to send some thank yous to your groomsmen or something, get them some of your play on the yeah, coaster. Yeah, that'd be get, great. Get I'm sure I'd love that. Yeah. Wall art, yeah. right, um, for Father's Day, which is coming up. So yeah, absolutely. Playbook Products is a, is a tremendous place to get uh, all of your awesome sports and bucks uh, plays the yep. biggest plays for uh, a lot of teams including yep. the lightning they got a stanley right. cup lightning uh, play as well yeah and right now you can get 10 percent off of playbook products by using the promo code scotty s-c-o-t-t-y they got a promo code going for scotty miller so you can use that promo code get some playbook products and get uh get some presents coming up for people that's a great opportunity to get some of those as well so this has been great, man. Have, being able to talk with you and get your perspective on what was an incredible season. Meet as somebody new to the area to see what it did to galvanize the community and to give them something to be excited about. I know you're kind of coming in and new to the area a little bit too, but was that meaningful for you going through the boat parade and being able to see that? Yes, absolutely. And that boat parade, by the way, was wild. It was, <laughs> I, I never want to see a parade on the street again after that. That we all had so much fun. Well, they did a too, good job. There was a little bit on. of a mishap too. I mean, we, we saw Cam Brate have some yeah, tremendous saw, hands. He yeah. actually caught the Lombardi, but um, there was a fumble with Chris Godwin's phone. Scotty? Yeah, well, I, I heard that Cam came on and said, I think it was to you guys that if he had dropped the trophy that he would have tossed me in the. That's the right. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was that. pretty nice of him. Uh, <laughs> but as far as the phone goes, yeah, somehow I got, I caught the blame for that one. Uh, I don't know if anyone's quite too sure exactly what happened. That was, that was a long day on the boat. The details, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but hey, uh, Verizon, there was a new phone waiting at Chris's door the next day. That's so there you go. That's Verizon customer service. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> um, so it, it was a great day. They did a great job putting it on. We had so much fun. I was on the boat with Gronk, so how can you not have fun? I mean, who knows what he was doing half the time, but yeah. it was, uh, it was probably good. best you can't remember that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, Scotty, we really appreciate you coming out here to the mill tonight and being a part of the Peter Report podcast uh, and, and joining our good friends Celsius, too. Um, it's it's been fun having you. We're, we're looking forward to actually being out at one Buccaneer place, hopefully sooner rather than later. I know you guys opted out of the offseason, but really uh, we're talking about uh, film study and all those Zoom calls. You, you guys got kind of ingratiated into that process last year. But are you guys still itching to get out there this summer later on and, and get out there after you had some rest? I mean, because let's face it, I even wrote a column. Um, if, if there's anybody that needs some time off, it's these guys. Yeah. If anybody deserves to skip – the OTAs, it's these guys. As Warren Sapp told me, um, the Buccaneers in 2003, after they had the Super Bowl title, they were a tired team. So you guys need some rest. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's a long season going. Except I'm younger, so I went from going like playing 12 games in college. Yeah, I think we played 20 this year, so it's yeah. like double. It's like playing two seasons back to back. So right. it's definitely great to uh, to get some time off, get to rest, but. We will be back at it. Uh, I know. I know. Tom has had a little knee thing going on, so yeah. as soon as he gets healthy, I'm sure he'll get everyone together, and we'll be back at it at Berkeley or, or somewhere else, or maybe we'll get everyone back at the facility. We'll see. So, excellent. Well, Scotty Miller, thanks for joining us. We're going to plug the mill one more time here. Thank you very much for coming out. Yeah, thank yeah, you guys absolutely. so much. I appreciate yeah. you guys. That was fun. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for being here. It's great. Of Buck fans, come on down to the mill in South Tampa, 2500 West Azeal Street. You can check them out online. They've got tremendous food here. We've already had some some grub, John, right before oh, yes. 
We came on with Scotty. You can find their menus at themillrestaurants.com, Tuesday through Friday, 4 to 9 p.m., Saturdays and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then Sunday brunch, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's the best brunch in town, John. Yeah, absolutely, and it's been wonderful to be here. I did get a little bit of the food before we got on the air, yeah. but I was setting everything up too. So I'm not going to lie. I'd like a little bit more of the food probably at some point. We're, we're going to do that. Everything was deadly. It was re it's really good. Exactly. We have Briar Greaves here too. I don't know if, if uh, I think Briar is out there mingling with some of our guests and, and enjoying some of the food. Yeah. But uh, the, the thing with Briar Greaves uh, insurance, you want to check him out, of course, on briargreaves.com. Briar and his, his son, uh, Sam, are not just Pewter Report partners with us. They're also my insurance agent, also Mark Cook as well. I know you've got a call into to Briar. Matter of fact, you can go out there and talk to Briar. Yeah. I don't think you brought your policy with you tonight, John. But <laughs> but the cool hey, thing- that's all my wife. She handles all that stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> but the cool thing about Briar Greaves uh, is they handle everything from homeowner's insurance to commercial insurance, automobile insurance, boater's insurance, and so if you have any type of insurance needs, make sure you give Briar Greaves a call. Check out their website, briargreavesinsurance.com. And we want to thank Briar and Sam for their business. And uh, and make sure that, listen, all it takes is just sending your policy. I've got mine in a PDF. I literally sent an email to Briar. He reviewed the policy, found out that I was actually, my coverage was a little wrong. He made it right and gave me the best rates. So briargreavesinsurance.com. Yeah, absolutely. They uh, great stuff. Mark's always raving about them. I know if he were on them right now, he'd be raving about how great their stuff is. So definitely give them a call. It's a great show. I mean, great to hear. I loved hearing Scotty's insight on some of the plays. That's yes. you know me. I'm the football nerd, oh, right? Yeah. Like I loved hearing the insight on the plays. Here's what he was thinking. He's running the spray go right. and what he's looking at the cornerbacks well, alignment. One of the things, John, is is like you look at that Raiders touchdown right before yeah. half. It looks so similar to what we saw in that Packers game. And Scotty's like, yeah, it's pretty much the exact same route. We just had some a different formation called, mm -hmm. and the motion came over. And, and you saw it in the playbook products, John. It's it's yeah. Scotty Miller for the touchdown right before the half. That's right. a fantastic gift. So uh, we want to appreciate the mill for having us out, for our good friends at Celsius, uh, as always, for sponsoring the Peter Report podcast. John, we're going to be back on tomorrow at a mm -hmm. normal time, 4 o'clock. we got wide receiver preview tight end preview yep. as scotty talked about they're probably going to add another receiver to the mix and why yep, not good for sure uh, this this team is loaded and they're looking for more weapons through the draft they found a couple good ones last year yeah. tristan Wirfs, antoine winfield jr uh, johnson I, I can't wait to yeah. see who jason light in that front office has got dialed up yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. We'll keep previewing these positions as we get closer to the draft, move to the defensive side of the ball early next week, and then don't forget, live draft shows from Pewter Report, as there are every year for all three days of the draft. We're going to be live. We're going to be bringing the content, breaking down the picks. We are the place. We watch the players. We study the players. We text about the tape every day uh, to be prepared for this draft show. So we're going to be able to give you takes on the draft, but especially what the Bucs are doing, what the Bucs are thinking as they get closer to being on the clock at number 32. So very, very, very exciting week coming up at pewterreport.com. No doubt for John Ledyard, for Scotty Miller, and myself here at Pewter Report, live from the mill. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow on the next edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.